This episode of To Your Good Health Radio is being brought to you by Cardio Miracle, the ultimate nitric oxide booster with over 50 whole food, heart-healthy, bioavailable nutrients. Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. When it comes to healthy eating, the two biggest excuses I hear are, I just can't afford to eat healthy, and I'm just too busy and don't have the time to cook at home. Dr. Carolyn Williams joins us today to shatter both of these excuses. A lot of processed, convenient foods available at grocery stores and at restaurants are inflammatory to the gut, and they can contribute to disease. Her new book, Meals That Heal, One Pot, gives you over 100 anti-inflammatory, quick-fix, affordable recipes for your stovetop, sheet pan, Instapot, and air fryer. She's going to share with us some genius meal prep hacks that make healthy eating fun, affordable, and convenient. Food is medicine, and Dr. Williams has the culinary prescription you need. Don't go anywhere. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is a leading culinary nutrition expert and James Beard Journalism Award winner who's developed a knack for breaking down complex science into quick, reader-friendly tips. In addition, she's a sought-after speaker on anti-inflammatory eating and managing chronic inflammation through lifestyle. Her work has been featured in print and media outlets such as Eating Well, Real Simple, Cooking Light, and All Recipes. Her last best-selling book, Meals That Heal, shared over 100 easy-to-make anti-inflammatory recipes. Her new book is called Meals That Heal, One Pot. Welcome to the show, Dr. Carolyn Williams. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, so great to have you on the show. You know, everybody loves the convenience of a one-stop shop, and in your case, you've created a one-stop pot. <laughs> Share with us, uh, with listeners, what, what's the benefit of one-pot meals? Well, it's... It simplifies the whole cooking process, but it also simplifies the cleaning up process as well. You've got less dishes. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing for me was just simplifying that those dinners after a long day of work. Right. That makes sense. You know, convenience and, and easy. It's like cooking it and eating it. And then the cleanup can be the longest part of everything for some homes. So uh, you brought up the good word cleanup because it's like that's the dread. You're tired. You cooked. You ate. Oh, I got to go clean up. But the one pot would make it easy. You know, I've had hundreds of experts on the show. And what's interesting is they have north to south pole differences of opinion. However, the one thing most of them agree on is inflammation is the cause of disease. Share with us how what we eat can play such a profound role role in either igniting the inflammatory fire or putting it out? Yeah, inflammation really is at the root of every single condition or it's what's driving every single condition in our body. Inflammation and the key way we get inflammation is through our diet. You know, chronic low-grade inflammation, which is what we are talking about, didn't exist 100 years ago because it's driven by lifestyle irritants. And a primary one of those is our diet. You know, it's a lot of the chemicals and toxins and artificial colorings and dyes, those kind of things in our food, but also just not choosing those healthier foods, choosing the more processed ones and um, not getting the key ones that you need. And there's two ways that inflammation um, kind of dry or that your diet drives inflammation. One has to do with your gut health. You know, we all know we need a healthy gut. And, but, you know, what does that really do for us? Well, when you have a healthy, quote unquote, healthy gut and you have a diverse, varied supply of microbes, 
those microbes form almost like a protective lining within your intestines. And that protective lining allows all the good stuff you've eaten and digested, like carbs and proteins and fats and vitamins and minerals, to pass through the intestinal wall into the body, into the bloodstream. But it also protects a lot of the junk in our food supply. It keeps that junk from being able to pass into the bloodstream, into the body. So that microbial, a healthy gut is really playing a key role in preventing a lot of irritants in our food supply from getting into the body. When you have maybe a not so healthy gut or less healthy gut, then you don't have a full microbial lining. You have gaps or holes in it. Some people refer to this as leaky gut. And all the good stuff can still get through, but now a lot of those irritants in food can also get into the body. And what that does is it can trigger new inflammation or it can exacerbate existing inflammation. Right. Now, there are a couple basic foods people should be consuming that support gut health. Have you found a couple that's your favorite you'd like to throw in recipes because it's gut healthy? You know, anything, anything with produce, anything with fiber. Yes, probiotic fiber is the big um, push that you hear it related to gut health. But really getting just produce in is going to be one of the best things. But also getting some fermented foods in or foods that have where um, cultures and bacteria are grown as a part of the um, processing. So kombucha is an easy go-to one that I drink, try to drink every day, yogurt, of course, but also like sauerkraut. Um, you want to get the sauerkraut that's refrigerated, though, not on the shelf because that's been pasteurized. Some cottage cheeses that have that where they list the cultures in them, and then things like kimchi and fermented vegetables are a great way. And you don't need a ton. I think I read a study the other day where it said, you know, a serving is like a fourth cup of sauerkraut or kimchi and three fourths cup of yogurt or kombucha. So it's not a ton that you have to get in every day. Right. Makes sense. You know, it's funny because you, you and I, we hear inflammation. We, we get it. It's an internal inflammation. But there's still so many people that think inflammation, oh, I sprained my ankle, it's swollen, or I got stung by a bee, I see the inflammation. But it runs really deep. And in your book, you have a graph showing the mental and physical symptoms of internal inflammation. Share a couple signs that could indicate somebody suffering from that, that fire within. Yeah, you know, the early, what's difficult is the early, early signs are so subtle, but it's little things and it's your body saying, you know, this isn't quite right. So anything that's a little out of your norm. So maybe you've been having periodic headaches for the past couple of weeks that aren't your norm. Maybe you've had more bloating than usual after meals or after certain meals. That's a sign. Maybe you've had brain fog, difficulty concentrating. Maybe you, um, you know, you've just got these stubborn size pounds that usually, you know, when you clean up your diet and, you know, do regular exercise are pretty easy to get back off, but they're just not budging. Um, any of these subtle little signs are really early. I like to call them little yellow flags by your body. You know, they're not things we ever go to the doctor for. Um, there are things we are easy to blow off and kind of normalize, but if you think about it, they're not, they're just little things that, you know, aren't your body's norm. And so if you can catch them then, you know, and clean up your diet or reduce the stress or whatever that primary lifestyle irritant is that's causing the inflammation, you can catch it early. 
when it um, when it, the inflammation progresses a little, that's when you start to see more um, measurable signs. That's when you're just going to start to see maybe um, high LDL cholesterol, high triglycerides, um, a high fasting blood glucose, or a high hemoglobin A1C, or high blood pressure. Um, you know, and even if somebody maybe somebody um, takes blood pressure medicine to keep their blood pressure in the normal range, well, that's still inflammation because at the root, the blood pressure is high. So those are some of your more measurable ones before things progress. So the goal is is catch it when the uh, light's blinking on your dashboard that something's going on before you see the car smoke. <laughs> that's yes, the end inflammation. When, when your body says check engine, <laughs> pull over. <laughs> yeah. Pull over, check it. Don't ignore, don't put a piece of tape over it, especially you men. You stubborn men, man. I'll tell you, I see more stubborn men patients. Females a little bit better. Oh, something's wrong. Let me go get checked. And men are like, no, it's not a heart attack. It's indigestion. Don't call 911, honey. <laughs> yes, well, I know women, though, on the flip side, are so bad about just going, just going with their routine, the kids, just nonstop and taking care of themselves last. But they are a little better about going to the doctor. Yeah, and that brings up a good point. There are a lot of busy parents that choose, you know, the drive-through fast food route or frozen prepackaged dinners because it's more convenient than cooking. And in your book, all your recipes take less than 15 minutes to prep. And the one pot makes, as you said, cleaning a breeze. What can you share to help our listeners grasp this, that that's a better route? Stay away from the drive-through. Yeah, you know, I have to be honest that I this this second cookbook came out because there's a lot of days where I don't want to cook dinner myself and I get it. You know, I'm a busy working mom and um, I've got a 12 and 15 year old. So I am scattered in all kinds of places. And a lot of times cooking dinner feels like another thing on my to-do list someday. So I really needed to find some recipes, create some recipes that were super quick and easy, but at the same time they were nutritious, but also I'm a foodie at heart. So it had to, that dish had to be really good. If I'm going to spend those 15 or 20 minutes in the kitchen, I want to be excited about my leftovers the next day. And I, I hope I simplified, or what I tried to do is just simplify. I kept it as normal, regular ingredients, but we're just pairing them differently, or you know, we're um, cooking them a little differently um, to get more fruits and vegetables in, to get more herbs and spices in, to get those healthy fats in. Before we continue, I want to tell you about an amazing product called Cardio Miracle. The number one cause of death in America is cardiovascular disease. On average, somebody dies of a heart attack or stroke every 36 seconds. The good news is you don't have to be a statistic. Young, old, and in between, we all need more nitric oxide in our bodies. It's essential for our overall health because it helps blood, nutrients, and oxygen travel throughout the body. Research shows a lack of nitric oxide may be associated with high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, and even erectile dysfunction. Cardio Miracle's ultimate nitric oxide advanced delivery system reaches a cellular level, so it starts to work within seconds. You also get over 50 whole food nutrients in every delicious scoop. I take Cardio Miracle every day, not just for my heart, but my entire body, and you should too. It's backed by science and a 60-day no-risk money-back guarantee. If you want to improve your heart health, increase your energy, mental clarity, 
clarity and boost your immune system, order Cardio Miracle today. CardioMiracle.com and use promo code CardioNow for 20% off. CardioMiracle.com, promo code CardioNow. Yeah. And obviously, you know, you bring up a good point that you, you use the word healthy. And I think people get it. They, they understand cooking from scratch is healthy. I think they grasp that. But with the price of food so high, talk to us about the cost factor of cooking at home versus buying frozen prepackaged meals that people, you know, they're confused now at this cost factor. Is it more expensive to cook at home? You know, I've seen the cost of those prepackaged things go up just as much, maybe even a little more. So it is still much more economical to cook and cook at home. Um, I like to do some batch cooking, you know, so if chicken breasts are on sale in the larger pack, then go ahead and buying those and either freezing the ones that you don't use or cooking them and shredding them and, um, you know, freezing that shredded meat for a chicken salad, you know, in a next week or the following week. So I think batch cooking is key. Also, when you're freezing vegetables, we tend to think fresh is best. And fresh is usually the highest quality from a, um, from a taste standpoint um, and texture standpoint. But your frozen fruits and vegetables, a lot of them are just as healthy, just as nutrient dense. Some of them maybe even a little more so because a lot of them get frozen um, just a few hours after being harvested. And when they're harvested, that's when they're usually at their max nutrient value. Yeah, I love that you bring up the, the batch cooking. I, I do a lot of meal prepping just because I'm busy through the week. And you, you, you prepare meals and it's cheaper. You look like I got five meals out of that or four meals. It's like if you do the math and you do the division, it's a whole lot cheaper than getting them individually separate. So I'm glad you brought that up. One thing, your book offers recipes for everyone. I love that. You got low carb, you got gluten-free, plant-based options, paleo, keto. What are some inflammatory ingredients that you do not allow in any of these diverse options? There, uh, there's nothing I don't allow. Now, there are certain foods that I was like, ah, oh, that probably doesn't need to be in an inflammatory cookbook. Um, like bacon is one of those. However, there is a dish where I gave an option where you could use uncured just because I thought the dish isn't going to be the same because it's really all about moderation, you know. And, um, you know, so if there's nothing is necessarily excluded. There's a thing we, there's things though that we need a lot less of and a lot less frequently. Right. I, I know sugar is a big, highly inflammatory ingredient that shows up a lot in our food. What are your views on sugar? Is there anything that we can use for healthy alternative when we're cooking? Yeah, you know, sugar, a little bit of sugar is okay. A little bit of sugar is key in cooking, particularly like in salad dressings. And I'm talking just a touch of sugar or sweetness um, because it balances the flavor, the acidic flavors. So, you know, a little sugar like that can be used and it's fine to be part of a healthy diet. A lot of people worry about the sugar in kombucha. Um, and that is a that is a sugar that I find fine. Um, it really doesn't elevate my blood glucose or anything. And um, it that's, that's a healthy added sugar to me in there. The problem is just that we're getting an overload of sugar from other stuff and less healthy, from sodas, from your sweetened drinks from even things like ketchup and, you know, condiments. It's, it's everywhere in our in our food supply. And so we're just inundated with way more sugar than we need each week. 
So if you can start choosing more minimally processed foods, more whole foods, one ingredient foods, um, then it's okay to every now and then add a little healthy sugar. Yeah. Um, Plus, yeah, plus the fi- fiber as well. If you have some, a lot of fiber in the food itself, that uh, buffers out the sugar so you don't get the yeah. spike. It's like, as you mentioned, as you mentioned, this, the sweet drinks, the, the a lot of dr- dressings that have that if you don't have the fiber associated with it. So, yeah, a little bit is better. What about, you know, health-oriented people that, that don't like dairy like myself? Share, is there an alternative that works when a recipe calls for milk? Yeah, you know, I really try to be cognizant of dairy and all the recipes are gluten-free and I would say the majority are either dairy-free or they give a dairy-free alternative. You know, I was just looking at a, a recipe in the book getting ready for a cooking demo and I'm doing a Mediterranean quinoa salad and it was really good when I added a little feta in. So I kept that in the main recipe, but then I give a dairy-free alternative where instead you add avocado and that version was really great too. So I tried to be very cognizant if I did have to use some dairy um, or if I felt like the recipe really needed it, then I gave uh, a suitable dairy-free alternative. Yeah, that's great. I use uh, cashew milk a lot when it calls for dairy. It seems to be closest in the in the the plant based that c- consistency. Do you like uh, cashew milk at all? Oh, that's great to know. You know, I have not had cashew milk in a while. Um, I'm going to have to try that, particularly in cooking. Yeah, it's very similar. It's the same because and you got people. Oh, my husband, he loves to have his cereal. I said, well, sneak it in. He won't notice. And sure enough, he's eating cereal for a week, and then she springs at him. Hey, honey, that wasn't milk. That was cashew milk. He goes, what? <laughs> so it's Ooh, very. very I'm gonna, I'm yeah, I'm gonna buy a carton. <laughs> yeah, it's very similar. Now, the, the two very popular k- k- kitchen items out there, and we'll talk about. You mentioned the. Instant Pot and the Air Fryer, for those that are still using a conventional stove, share the different benefits of these. Yeah, you know, um, a lot. they're a lot quicker. Um, they can give you, like the Air Fryer can give you a Christmas that is similar to a fried Christmas, but without the fat. But I do want to emphasize, um, again, I gave an option. If the recipe is written to be an pot recipe or written to be an air fryer or slow cooker, I tried to give alternative directions for you to cook it in a traditional method, to also cook it on the stovetop if you wanted to, because I recognize everybody doesn't have that equipment or doesn't want to pull it out, maybe. Uh, you know, last year I got a, a digital French door air fryer convection oven, and I love it. It toasts, bakes, and dehydrates. It's really made cooking so convenient that I really use my stove anymore. Are there any tips you can share that people should look for when shopping for that perfect, like let's say an air fryer? Yeah, so what I learned is you really need to get the ones that look more like a toaster oven, like a convection oven. It sounds like that's exactly what you got. The ones that are like the bucket shape where you slide the bucket in, um, those are good, um, but they are usually only for very small quantities. And there's only, I don't feel like you have as much versatility with the foods that you can cook in them. Um, For instance, the air fryer that looks like a toaster oven or convection oven, um, you can roast vegetables in there, you know, a whole sheet pan of vegetables in there. Um, You can reheat um, different dishes in there. Um, So you can do a lot more than just, you know, air fry food in there. So I recommend the toaster oven looking convection air fryer one. 
Yeah, and I mean, it, it, you can really almost cook anything in there. It's like you, even fish it comes out yeah, delicious. And a lot of these uh, things that you bake in the oven that are moist and, and, and soggy, they just dry up. They're crispy when you put them in that. So I see that that is different. But one thing that I was a stickler on is making sure it was stainless steel and had none of that nonstick inflammatory chemicals like PFAs or PFOAs. You agree with that? You want to just stay away from that? Because, hey, you get health, he- healthy food and they get a mouthful of chemicals that are healthy and you don't realize it. You end up getting sick and you're like, wait, I followed an anti-inflammatory diet, but the stuff you cooked on was inflammatory, right? <laughs> yes, you gotta be- I agree. I'm also big on my cooking oils as well, um, as well as which ones I use. I only use extra virgin for my no heat or very low heat ones. And then I switched to avocado oil for my higher ones. Um, just because the olive oil can break down once you start getting into higher temps. So if you're doing a stir fry, do you, you pretty much use avocado oil? I usually I use avocado oil. I may add a touch of sesame oil for a little flavor. Um, but yeah, if I'm doing something at medium, medium high heat, then I, you're going to find me using avocado oil because it has a high, um, it has a much higher smoke point. That's great. In the couple minutes we have left, is there anything else you'd like to share that we didn't get to today regarding inflammation, your new book, or any other topic? You know, um, a lot of people come to me and the first thing they ask is, what do I need to cut out? What do I need to get rid of to reduce inflammation? And they're always surprised when I steer them back to say, let's focus first on what you need to add. And when I was going through all the research and, and continuously still when I look at research, there are three groups of food that I uh, try to get people to focus on first adding because most people are not getting near enough of them. One's leafy greens, trying to get a cup a day, berries, fresh or frozen, about two to three cups a week, and then cruciferous vegetables, try to get around five servings a week. And those are those vegetables that usually stink when you're cooking, like your broccoli, your cauliflower, your Brussels sprouts, and kale. Um, this is sulfur compounds that make them smell, but it, those are also the really powerful compounds that have anti-inflammatory qualities. Fantastic information. I want to thank you so much for being with us and sharing such healthful advice. The book is called Meals That Heal, One Pot, 100 Plus Recipes for Your Stovetop, Sheet Pan, Instant Pot, and Air Fryer. To get your copy or to learn more, go to carolynwilliamsrd.com. And while there, be sure and check out her plethora of healthy tidbits she has available, which include recipes, videos, and audios. You can follow her on Instagram and Facebook at Real. Food Real Life RD. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Dr. David Friedman. On Instagram, I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard something today that would benefit somebody you know, be sure and share this podcast. It's available at toyourgoodhealthradio.com and radiomd.com. Share this segment with family, friends, and on social media. Sharing is caring. More to come. Stay well. This episode of To Your Good Health Radio was brought to you by Cardio Miracle, the ultimate nitric oxide booster with over 50 whole food heart healthy nutrients. If you want to improve your heart health, increase your energy, mental clarity, and boost your immune system, order Cardio Miracle today at CardioMiracle.com. Use promo code CardioNow for 20% off. CardioMiracle.com, promo code CardioNow.